On this episode, the Chicago Bulls get a new mayor. The Towel Boys go 9-4 in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We agree with Coach Roy Williams. UNC does stink. And we welcome Hargrave Military Academy assistant coach and Ohio University former flamethrower Tommy Freeman. Give me that green light. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Welcome, everybody, to episode 31 of the Green Light Podcast. It's POC and E-Phrase, and the Chicago Bulls have a new mayor, man. They I don't do. know. They do. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if anyone saw it coming at this point in the season. I think everyone saw the, kind of the writing on the wall because uh, they're pretty bad. I'll just never understand mid-year fires without something like egregious happening. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't no. do anything wrong. Like, they're having a bad year. I get it. But, like, nothing bad happened. Nobody got arrested. There's, You know what I mean? Without one of those, like, okay, everyone understands that. But a mid – it's not even mid-year. It's the first quarter, quarter third. Yeah, third yeah it's the, the first year. third of the year, and, um, and we're firing and him. Lori and Laurie Markkinen's hurt. Yeah, he's had injuries. And the you got some young – like, you got Jabari in a trade. Wendell Carter's been doing well. Like, but what year was this for Hoiberg? How many four. Years? Year, four. year four. Yeah. So if he you're had, He doesn't this, have a good but overall that's, record. The thing is, like, if you're going to put a, a guy in a type of situation <clears throat> where um, he's already rebuilding. in year four, they're probably not going to be competitive again until maybe maybe three years from now because yeah. you probably get, like, a number one pick this year, a top three pick. And then you hope those guys develop. Okay, are you ready to like basically waste seven years on Fred Hoiberg to then let it happen? Um, I don't know. But I think the reason why it's interesting to me, and we don't talk a ton of NBA stuff, at least during the season, but just because Fred Hoiberg was a stud of a college basketball coach and the ramifications this could play in April uh, when there are a lot of jobs that will probably open and it will probably be the first name on a lot of people's lips. Yeah, I uh, I don't disagree. I think he'll be back in business relatively soon. Um, probably as soon as that college basketball season ends, there's there's going to be some firings, and and his name will be in the mix, deservedly so. I think the NBA is just such a crapshoot, and like even if you, let's say, you know, obviously you do what he did four years in, you didn't have um, tremendous success by any means. Um, getting fired doesn't really mean much in the NBA. No, it's kind of like. Part of it, and I read a report too. It was like he wants to remain coaching in the NBA. Like he, does, oh. it's, it was like it was. Uh, I don't know how much if that's just like anon- someone trying to be an anonymous source and, and, and try and get their take out there. But it was he was. I think he would take an, another NBA job again before he would take a uh, a college job. But if you look at it, I mean, at Iowa State, he was there five years. They went sixteen and sixteen his first year, um, three and thirteen, like last in the Big Twelve. And then the next four years, they went 23 and 11, second round of the tournament, third in the conference. 23 and 12, second round of the tournament, fourth in the conference. And his last two years, they went 28 and 8, and back uh, to sweet back, 16, back and then 20, and 25 and 9. Uh, they lost in the first round in his last season there. But the one thing that I think is really interesting to me, and, and it's going to be interesting if he does go back into college and how it plays is I don't know if there's anyone other than maybe Eric Musselman at Nevada, who we'll get to later, that thrives off of transfers. 
Iowa State just that was transfers you, central. Man. You had DeAndre Kane, which comes the first one comes to mind. Yeah. Now, even now, still, Prome still kind of has it running as like a big time transfer central. I know um, Mariel Shayok went from Virginia there, and um, so it'll be interesting. Wherever like, the name that everyone obviously wants to throw out there is UCLA because Alford's on the hot seat. They have a lot of talent. They've underperformed so far. I think people in UCLA just are kind of tired of Alford to begin with. And Fred Hoiberg is an NBA-type guy that you could play. I think I can see that as being a fit. Um, but the one thing I did read today is that UCLA is not a easy place to get transfers into, for whatever may, reason that may be. Um, so I don't know. I can see that working. I can see that being the hot name. Um, I also think at the end of the season, Eric Musselman will be a, a name involved with that. But staying, Eric Musselman. On, staying on that topic, we got to okay. talk about Nevada. We do. All right. I have. It's a have, nice little transition into yes. it. But. All right. So let's talk about uh, Nevada, and I will not call them Nevada. It's Nevada. Nevada, I'm Nevada. From the freaking East Coast. So uh, Nevada is undefeated. They're 8 0. Um, just had a probably their best win. Not probably. Definitely their best win over uh, USC on the road. Definitely a very good win. Um, and they have the you know the Martin brothers from NC State. Ev- yeah, everyone They've- should be aware of Nevada at this. Nevada, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. in my head I know, now. Now you don't know which uh, one is it. I know. Everyone should be aware of Nevada at this point. Um, obviously, they made it um, last year all the way to the Elite Eight. Uh, no, Sweet Sixteen. Mm-hmm. Apologize. They lost a little to Chicago in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, which um, they just beat two by games a, ago by a point. Um, and, and so they were really good last year. I mean, they went. Let's see how many games they did lose a couple. They played better non-conference opponents last year. They lost to Texas Tech. They lost to TCU. Um, beat Davidson. And then they did beat lose. Rhode they lost four games in conference. But the way everything looks now, the way their schedule. I mean, they're sixth in Ken Palm rankings. Arizona State is the only team on their entire schedule, whether they've played them or have yet to play them, inside the top fifty of Ken Palm. So say that one more time. They've only played one top fifty team. This no, they will be playing their only top fifty is opponent Arizona State. Is Arizona State who comes in at forty two <clears throat> currently on Friday night on a neutral court. Um, the rest of the way, the best opponent they probably f- gonna face is either Utah, Utah State, State or yep. San Diego State uh, within the Mountain West. So yeah. I, I'm not saying they're gonna run the table the entire way. Yeah, um, they, but they have the number one offensive efficiency in the country. Uh, number three in offensive turnover percentage, they take care of the ball. They've got obviously the Martin Twins, Jordan Caroline is probably yep, maybe even be playing better than both of them. Jordan Caroline's incredible. Um, they've got a, a lot of different ways they can score. Um, but if you're as a as a college basketball fan, especially with an East Coast bias as well, say Nevada beats Arizona State Friday. They run the table with one or two losses. Maybe okay, either run the table I, or they will just, not get a one seed. Exactly. exactly. Is there anything <clears throat> no Nevada what. can do with their current schedule that gets them a one seed? No, absolutely not. They'll have they'll have to be a two, have to, because there'll be at least two teams. Well, not at least. I mean, may- probably is, two teams yeah. from the ACC that'll be up in uh, in the mix for a one seed. Two teams in the Big Ten. Their current strength of schedule is 122nd in the country. Um, and I Which li- is actually I, I, not horrendous. No, it's not. After we talked about it, it's not. It's not that bad. It's, but no, it, it, I actually think it just comes down to the point of like if they if you don't play anybody all year, it's very hard. And, and we're not saying you don't play anybody. I, like 
you you have they and, have a decent and, schedule and they have a very good team. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's not like we're discrediting them. No, no. But good. when you look at their resume from from top to bottom, I think you can definitely say they're a probably one probably one or number 6 right now. It should be a one or a 2 seed. They're one yeah. of the top 8 teams. <clears throat> but even if they went out and they like maybe they move, they'll keep moving up in the rankings cuz they keep winning and then yeah. obviously like the ACC teams like Virginia and Duke will like cannibalize themselves by yeah. beating one another. Yeah. So they'll probably move up within the top 5 by the end of the season is yeah. I would guess. Um, but here's what happens. Same with Gonzaga. It's, like, it's, it's the same situation with Gonzaga. All, all, it's, all that's going to – and it's unfair to teams like uh, Nevada, but it happens all the time. Is like they're going to lose once on the road to like Wyoming. Yep. And then they're going to go from 6th to like 18th. And then yep. everyone will forget about them. And there'll be that like weird five seed in the tournament yep. that like, oh, I don't know what to do with Nevada, blah, blah, blah. And they'll win two games and then be done. And the interesting thing, I just want to compare it to Gonzaga, who, um, what, number one team in the country still? Mm -hmm. AP poll, I think, came out there. Number one team. Um, So Gonzaga, obviously, is like the exact same scenario where their conference schedule, they don't play anybody in the top 50 within their conference. Um, St. Mary's probably the best team to play. They're at 68 right now. Um, But then the difference with uh, Gonzaga, they've obviously already played Duke, beaten Duke. They beat Arizona. Um, They play Washington, Tennessee, North Carolina, Road win, direct road win at Creighton, who's thirty first. So it's like a ridiculous that non conference, and like that's the thing. Nevada and I, I think Gonzaga obviously is a better team, but the talent level there is not like disparaging. Crazy. They're pretty similar teams. Yeah. But you look at Gonzaga's non conference, and when it comes selection Sunday, obviously it's a long way away. That non conference and those wins, neutral court over Duke, away win at Creighton. Even they're going to go at UNC in Chapel Hill. Like those are games. Even just for playing those, that will do them favors down the road. Should also so. be said, just playing the other, you know, devil's advocate is like running the table in your conference certainly means something. No matter what conference you're in, if you can do that in any conference, I don't care if it's Division Four, yeah. if you can do that, that's saying something. Going into the, you know, I'm not saying they're going to do that, but it's that's saying something. So they're they're doing well. Um, we had to we have we had an obligatory Nevada, you know, say we hadn't talked about them all year. So there you go. Um, all right, let's go through the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yep. Uh, we both went nine and four. Quite interesting. Well, we didn't really sway from each other too much. Not the only things much. that we were different on was like halfway through BC Minnesota. I picked BC, and you were like, "I'll roll with Minnesota." Ah, damn. Because okay. we we're already it was about tied. Like halfway about through. tied. All right. And then the other difference there was um, Paul picking Syracuse and being correct, and I picked Ohio State. Yeah. Um, all right, so we were both. Through so down, yeah. yeah, Penn State, Virginia Tech. We were both wrong. Uh, we both have Virginia Tech. Great win for Penn State. Penn State ended up winning by one. Um, we were both right on Notre Dame, Illinois. That was way closer than I thought way it was going to be. Way closer than Notre Dame. Be, yes. Yep, Notre Dame won. Uh, we were both wrong on Louisville and Michigan State. Definitely Which was didn't. very interesting. Yeah. I mean, great performance from Louisville. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what's the, I forget the, the, the little white kid that Dick Vitale claims. Oh, God, um, does he love him? No, he's he claims that the whole reason he's at Louisville is be, it's McMahon or Mac. Uh, what's let's see, Ryan McMahon or McMahon. Um, McMahon. Uh, McMahon. Sam, well, I, sorry, there's uh, <laughs> Shane McMahon. No, that's one of my childhood friends. <laughs> okay, is okay, is okay. McMahon. So we pronounce okay. it that way. Shout out to Mac. But Sarasota, Florida, and apparently Dickie V claims that he texted oh, he Rick Pitino, and well, he's from there. He yeah, like, lives yeah, there yeah. year round. And he apparently texted. Uh, Patino, like this kid didn't have like any D one offers. It was like you got to recruit this kid, you got to bring this kid in. And so Dickie V takes claim for um, Ryan McMahon, and he tore it up. Um, big win for uh, for, big win for, for for Chris Mack. I mean, they lost. They had two tough losses. I mean, two tough games against Tennessee and Marquette. 
Um, but they're sitting yeah, at five and, five and two right now. Um, good win over Seton Hall too. They still nice. have Indiana and Kentucky left, they, and then obviously an ACC schedule. So yep. they've got wins over Seton Hall, Michigan State. Um, so not um, bad, not good bad start. Um, okay, then we were both correct with Wisconsin, NC State. Both had Wisconsin. Wisconsin solid, um, and then Wisconsin started Big Ten play like smoked Iowa. Well, I guess they only won by six, but they went up. What just happened this game? Yeah, they were up. Uh, I thought they were up a lot more than they were, but um, either way, Wisconsin is is sitting at seven and one right now. So nice one for them over NC State. Yep, we were both right. Iowa beating Pittsburgh. That Wait, was a lot closer. Very than closer. Thought. Yep, sixty nine, sixty eight. Uh, we were both right about Duke beating Indiana. Um, we were both wrong about Rutgers Miami. We thought Miami would roll uh, at home, and they Miami can't. That's score. a big win for Rutgers. Let's pull up Rutgers. What do I'll we got? Pull up, That's uh, huge. I'll pull up Rutgers, and we'll take a look. The fighting um, Haynes. Miami, what we've learned is that Miami can't score. Um, and then Rutgers, they only lost by 11 in Michigan State at home the other night. I saw a little bit of that briefly. Um, but if you look at their, all their defensive numbers are incredible um, for Rutgers. Like, they're a great defensive team. They're 19th defensive efficiency, uh, 26th. All their categories, they're in, like, the top 50 defensively. Offensively is where they're struggling, like, yeah, 251st offensively. I mean, the, the final score of that Rutgers-Miami-Florida game was 57-54. So it's not... They like, did their part defensively. That's like a Virginia-Wisconsin score. <laughs> but um, really they're good defensively, and I think, especially in the Big Ten this year, I mean, they can, like, muck it up with some teams and, and get some wins that way by just playing good, solid defense. Um, so, no, a really nice win for, for Rutgers. And um, Miami, I'm, I don't know what to think of Miami now because Miami's lost three in a row. They I lost know. Seton Hall, neutral court. Rutgers, they lost at home, and then they lost, they lost to, to Yale. Yale. I know, a lot of talk um, after that Yale game. Yeah, and Coach so Jones, big win for him. I know Larinaga has had his eyes on some. He, they lost out on C.J. Walker, who was a big time recruit that they thought they had in the fold. They ended up going to Oregon. Um, mm. I know now people are swaying that Cole Anthony's probably not going to look at them that seriously without C.J. Walker there. Vernon Carey, who was a top five guy, his he dad played this Thursday, right? Yeah, and yeah. Vernon Carey's dad played football at Miami and just already eliminated him from his list. So it's Duke Duke's Carolina, on the list. Duke, Carolina, Michigan State. Come so on, Vernon. Come it hasn't on, been. Buddy. It hasn't been a hot uh, month or two for for Coach L down in uh, down in Miami. Um, but moving on from them. Next one, Syracuse, Ohio State. Paul got it right, and I, I give you a lot Cuse. of credit. I got Cuse. Um, Ohio um, State bounced back well, though. Um, you I mean, know what's they, crazy is I was listening to uh, – it's it's and I don't I, – I know we're biased. Like, I don't like Dan Dockage and I don't like Seth oh, Greenberg, geez. but that podcast is horrible. Dude. And, and just never, the audio quality. To, we really? sound better. You got – everyone, go give it a listen. It's horrible, but, like – um, they were talking today. We how record Jim, with like a twenty dollars mic off. Of yeah, Amazon, and we're so. still yeah better. Um, the worldwide leader back in this either. Sir, uh, feel free to drop. They said back. they said Jim Beheim was the best in-game coach at making adjustments, and I I can't like not trust them because they're so much more experienced than both of us, and they've coached for thirty five years. But to watch that UConn Syracuse game in the Garden, that and then tough. have them say that is like. What do you mean? I like how? Up. What do you mean? Eh. Dan um, Dockich is has a 159-144 overall head coaching. He's record. Got a winning record. Um, I always forget he was the interim head coach in 2008 at Indiana. How wild yeah, is that? It makes no sense. Absolutely wild. Uh, I mean, he, he was there forever before, and he was at Bowling Green. And um, but now I'm not the biggest uh, Dan Dockich fan to be with. I, I like that he gives the Mac love because yeah, he was a BG he was guy there. before. But yeah. um, in Greenberg, obviously. I, I, He's just so salty you got fired yeah. still. Um, okay, so I had Syracuse. We both had Virginia beating Maryland closer than you probably thought. Dude, I mean, Maryland, I give a lot of credit to Maryland. They came out as a blackout game out of nowhere, and 
Oh, Kyle Guy with a dunk. You don't yeah. see that very every day. We got Virginia Morgan State, real real thriller going on thriller. right now and behind. But Maryland played very well. Bruno Fernando's really, really good. Um, Maryland's huge. They're very big, and they had a nice home court advantage with uh, with SVP in attendance. Um, nice. So, uh, but Virginia, like Virginia, got really. You don't really see many Virginia games where they give up seventy one points and they yeah, still yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kyle Guy got really hot. Hit some big shots. Ty Jerome hit a huge shot down the stretch. Um, Virginia does such an amazing and, job at not letting offensive, not letting teams get offensive rebounds. It's crazy. Oh, it's unbelievable. I just want to know um, the drills that he does. I just need to know the and drills. It's bro. only, it's only fair. I oh, have to give him credit sense. because I rag on him as much as anybody, and so does uh, our guy Trevor Shank. But um, Jack Salt, Trevor. Jack Salt played the best game of his four-year career, or actually, really five years at Virginia. Jack Salt, I think, had twelve points against uh, against Maryland. And against their good bigs, especially where they were basically like tip dunks and clean up offensive rebounds on his own. But if it wasn't for Jack Salt, Virginia, I think, actually loses that game. So um, absolute definition of a glue guy. He just plays defense and sets hard screens. But he had 12 points and really kept in the game. Um, and then they're up 35-17 on Morgan State right now. Oh, oh my goodness. And then as I say, as I give him credit, he tries to start a fast break and put the ball behind his Come back on, and Jackie. turns it over. So um, moving on from Virginia. Next one we had, we'll run through these last three. Florida State, we had beating Purdue. Both had that one That's, I think one. it was a, these were a pretty all, good call. Did us. ACC win it? I haven't it was been tied. keeping track. It was oh tied. 7-7. Seven, seven. Seven. Because um, uh, Wake Forest had to sit out. <clears throat> That's right. So. so Florida State beats Purdue. We both had that. We both had Northwestern beating Georgia Tech. And we both had Michigan beating North Carolina. Which is a perfect transition into Coach Roy Williams. Williams. Coach Roy Williams saying, and I quote, "We stink." He said, "We stink." My coaching stinks. Yeah, we're not doing that real quick. He said, "Right now we stink." I've coached for thirty-one now, twenty thirty-one years. Right now, my coaching stinks. Um, So they're six and two. Um, They've got five games left in the non-conference, and they asked him about the lineup change. So what he did, he. He subbed all five of his players out at once in the second half. And then while Michigan went up 20, and they asked him about it, he said it was because they stunk it up. Every one of them stunk it up, and so did I. Um, He's already been under so much scrutiny because he's not starting to see little, who's Mm -hmm. arguably a top-five pick, who's arguably – Talked about this last week too. Yeah, and they're starting Kobe White. But, I mean, he – their losses right now, they have a three-point loss in Texas, and they got absolutely handed by Michigan. Um I'm not saying they I, – I think they – I mean, the, the way they played, they absolutely did stink it up. And they got to play Gonzaga here in like a week um, at home. Which, and then they got to go – they play Kentucky, Davidson, Harvard. They've got top Yo, 100 teams lined up. They're projected to win up. all these? Some, I mean, What's their first L? Oh, the Dukies. Yeah. And so, I mean, we'll see. But like Duke right now, it's they're in such a weird spot where they do have like senior leadership. They have veteran guys and like – Obviously, Luke May, Cam Johnson played like so much at Pittsburgh and had good minutes last year. Kobe White and Asir Little are really your only like, and I guess you can say Garrison Brooks are your only really young guys. But like, dude, I don't think at least when it's you have those veteran guys, team. it's really hard for me to have trust in a team that goes on the road and gets smoked like that. Mm-hmm. Like when you have you literally have all that veteran leadership. Um, I don't know how many they put up. And they put up 67 points. Like, yeah, it's not good. Shout out Michigan again, though. I got to give them all the credit in the world. They're still the number one defensive um, team in the country right now. And they should, they start, they already beat, and they just rolled over Purdue first game of the Big Ten. Um, they, I mean, they're Dude, Michigan I, right I, now. Final four, baby. I'm telling Michigan you. right now has two projected losses on the season. Um, they are 
8-0, really, really, really good teams. 20th best offense, first-ranked defense. Um, Shout out to them. Yeah, Um, beast. But, yeah, I mean, I wrapped up. They were 7-7 between the ACC and the Big Ten. Um, and uh, another team we do I do want to touch on um, before I've got a story before we kick it. Oh to Tommy yeah, you got to hit me with the question before yeah. we go to time frame. I'll lead that into Tommy's because okay. I know Tommy's had some battles with Marshall, but um, St. John's. So I got to give St. John's some local love for New yep. York, yep. and we're talking looking at the rest of non conference schedules. We look at um, which teams are are going to put putting themselves in the best positions. St. John's right now is seven and zero. Um, they did squeak out a couple of wins. They had they They've had VC. some really close games. I mean, really. you look at even from the start, they beat Bowling Green by four. Um, they smoked Rutgers, yep. on, which is great. Um, beat they beat by Cal three. by three, beat VCU by one in overtime, yep. um, and then beat Georgia Tech on Saturday by three. But they're sitting yep. at seven and zero. The next team, the the rest of their non conference schedule, which out. Aside from playing Duke in February, that is part of their non-conference schedule. It just comes in February. Yeah, they always. But do their that. next five games before they play Seton Hall um, are Mount St. Mary's, Princeton, Wagner, St. Francis, New York, Sacred Heart. All those teams are. Good I'll, I'll give you the Ken Palm ranking. Good scheduling. Three thirty-six, one sixty-one, two forty-three, two ninety-three, two ninety-two. Well, so that like, translates into. So that will be W's. a twelve and zero start yep. as long as they don't give a clunker. 12-0 start, um, going into Big East play, and they start on the road at Seton Hall and get Marquette and, uh, and then go at Georgetown. But The real question is, if he Schwartz. makes the tournament, does Chris Mullins get an extension? Yes. I, yeah. I, I give him... I don't disagree. I give him at least uh, a couple years. I mean, God the thing is, Shamori Pons, Shamori Pons is playing out of his mind. I don't think you keep him for a senior year. Like, he was lucky to come back this year. Mustafa Heron, you know, but like... They're going in the right direction. The Big East isn't as good this year as they have been, nope. um, so they should be able to get in. Yep. I, I mean, in my opinion. So I got to give props to Mullen. They've squeaked it out. It hasn't been pretty. Um, their offense is definitely better than their defense, but um, Shamori Pons right now is, is is absolutely playing phenomenally, and, and it's what you expect. He was like a top 50 recruit out of high school. Um, they don't have any commits for the – 2019 class. They've been going a lot harder after like transfers and guys because yeah. I think like guys that they they haven't been obviously they haven't been winning uh, recruiting battles. The one that I think they're or Precious Achua is the one yeah. they're putting all I think their eggs in that basket. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Kofi Cockburn's gonna end up there. I think he'll probably mm-hmm. end up at UConn. But um, real quick before we ask your question, big get for uh, Coach Hurley. Yo, Made a- year Acock. 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 If you pay, we've talked about UConn Ooh, before. Um, UConn is just racking up the New York City recruits. I think um, there's some that's, energy that's around UConn basketball for the young. first time. Uh, yeah, Billy, yep. Billy, Billy O's guy um, yep, yep, yep. is just raking up. Uh, New York City guys. I know James Booknight from uh, PSA. They have Acock Acock, who's a top 50 guy. And the cool thing about that, I don't know if you saw this, he's going there like immediately. He's going to redshirt yeah, this year. Yeah, in January. And he's so, like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't speak. I think that's such a good move for kids, honestly. Look at what Duke, Duke's been doing that for Duke's been, Duke, forever. Joey Baker just sitting. That's a just top 25 sit, kid just sitting in the He's, ba- he's yeah. in your program. He's practicing. He's weightlifting. He's going to class. 
And I'm not no going to knock a kid for wanting to play your senior year, but honestly, who if, cares? But if you exactly at the end of the day, if you want to go and develop and get your body right, I mean that's Mamadi Diakite did that at Virginia because he was a string bean, he was skinnier than me. Not not saying he's a powerhouse now, but he went and got a year under the strength program. He learned like for Virginia that you learn the pack line, you can learn the offense, you put yourself yep. into a scenario where okay, this is college basketball. So when you come into your actual yeah, freshman not a year. Freshman. You're ready it's, to roll. You're not just like absolutely like stunned by everything and you get under arrest. So um, I, I think it's an awesome pickup by him. I think he's got them trending in the right direction. Uh, and we've talked about it multiple times. But, I mean, they've got three kids now. Tyrese, yeah, who's the other one? And they're still in the mix for some others. I, um, like I said, they, like Precious of True, I think it's in his f- final one. So Lester Kinos, we'll see. Um, but Interesting, uh, interesting, interesting move. I didn't see that really coming from Acock, Acock, but um, Jalen Gaffney's last guy, West Town School. So local kids um, that UConn is is keeping home. But last thing I'll touch on before we throw to Tommy Freeman, uh, and Paul doesn't know the scenario, but I spent my time, wonderful, wonderful time this past weekend in great old Athens, Ohio, home of the Ohio University Bobcats, basketball alumni reunion weekend. So um, as even though I spent my career filling up water bottles, wiping up sweat, I somehow yeah. found myself standing on the midcourt logo at halftime, uh, hat, waving and giving a little hat tip to the crowd. Yep. So um, awesome. shout out to uh, shout out to Athens. But um, they played Marshall. And obviously Marshall, going into the season, everyone had very, very high hopes for. They had a really good year last year. Dan D'Antoni's the head coach, brother of Mike D'Antoni, one of the greatest players in Marshall history. Interesting dude that wears a T-shirt under his sport coat in every game, um, but they lost. They got smoked by Maryland, um, and, but then they. I think they were still like a four-point favorite going into uh, going into the Ohio game. Ohio comes out and just rolls them. Ohio probably best offensive performance. Well, probably one of the best offensive performances I've seen out of Ohio um, since I've been gone with with Saul Phillips under the helm. Real quick, just a quick aside for all the people who obviously don't care and don't know, just like I didn't, but Marshall-Ohio is actually somewhat of a rivalry. Yes. Especially in football, there's like a battle for the bell. So people, yeah, battle for the bell. So the thing was, Huntington and Athens, Ohio are very, very close. When you think Ohio University, Ohio University is almost in West Virginia because it's Southeast Ohio. Marshall, it's less than an hour and a half away from each other. And the thing was, Marshall used to be in the MAC. They left, went to Conference yeah. USA, and, they, and all those, all their fans think they're bigger and mightier than than all the Mac schools. Yeah. Whereas they've been mostly been run, uh, especially even in football, um, by Ohio. Um, so obviously there is already some some kind of a little bit of bad blood there to begin with. But I want to lay a scenario for you. Ohio's up, I think ninety seven to about eighty two, less than a minute to go. Clock's up ticking down, so fifteen points. Game's over. Game's over. Marshall fans leaving, Ohio's clapping. They already did winning team, losing team, ah. which you know that the game's a wrap. So it hits about 30 seconds. Saul, as the head coach of Ohio, had already put in with about two minutes to go his reserves. Not the walk-ons, but put the reserves in with like two minutes left, let them get a little burn. Sure. With about 35 seconds left, he puts his walk-ons at the table. And the only way they're going to get in is if there's a dead ball. Um, like yeah, the clock's gonna co- keep sometimes going. coaches just call a timeout and they go like they do the so, little travel. So this, so this is what the thing is. Saul wasn't actually going to do that. He didn't signal for any timeouts. And as you know now, the new rule: the coach can't call a timeout. Mm-hmm. So there's 35 seconds or so left. 15 point lead. Subs are sitting there. One of the Ohio players sees him, calls timeout. So he calls a timeout. Player from the floor. Saul's like, oh. Whoa, and he go he rolls yeah, it over. Let's yeah, roll yeah. it over. Let's roll a timeout over. Yeah. D'Antoni's not happy with this. D'Antoni basically puts his whole starting lineup back in the game 
that because they Ohio has their walk-ons, like three walk-ons and two young freshmen in. D'Antoni puts on it and then goes full court press. Full court press starts trapping him at the end of the game. They foul walk on. He makes two free throws, 99-82. Marshall comes down, scores real quick. Um, and this is after Marshall calls him out, scores real quick, probably 15 seconds left. And this is what and this is maybe where Ohio's in the wrong for this. They're pressing full court press. Ohio just has a guy leak out deep. Throw a bomb uh, the length of the court, walk on two-handed dunk to put him up, put that hunt over the hundred point mark. Everybody Ohio gets wins. free what burritos? Oh, his lava cakes was already ah, at like eighty points or like nice. seventy points. But so Ohio dunks the ball with like four seconds left to go up to put hundred and one, make sure. it hundred and one to eighty four. Sure. And it was a brisk handshake to say the least at the end of the game. I I honestly like. If you're gonna press, first of all, let's back up. Let's back up. No one down. should. No one. No one in their right mind would get upset at the quick timeout, to to the roll timeout. Which that Dan, is which very, Dan that D'Antoni is, did. That is first and foremost the most universal thing in the world. Hey, I want to get my guys in. You're losing. It means nothing. Let you get your your uh, walk-ons in. Whoever doesn't play, get them in. Yeah. So that's all right. So Marshall, zero for one for getting mad for that, and then subbing in your starters. With in, the, now imagine if somebody. <clears throat> imagine if somebody got hurt. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, you look like an idiot for that. I mean, so that's then number two, you summon your starters. Oh, two. Three, you start pressing. So, Ohio has the ball. They it's start like, pressing and foul immediately, too. So, he traps and then fouls. Yeah, Ohio yeah, goes yeah. To the line. Marshall the comes two. back down yeah, and scores. Score. And they trap and again. Just, they trap again. And then Ohio just leaks out. They yeah. throw the ball deep and, and two handed dunks to win the or to go to make Yeah, that's probably digits. the one thing that Ohio shouldn't have done. But um, if they, it, but I don't know if they were like, were they like responding to the press like, F you, like, I'm going to dunk it? Well, I or think was the guy, it, just it was kind of like, like oh my God. that was the open look. They had, they threw it to the guy because he was open. And then the dude, I mean, he was already over half court with a guy kind of trailing behind him. And it's either like pull a Todd Gurley and go down at the one yard line and just pull it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you got or everyone you yelling, dunk it, dunk points. it, dunk yeah, it. Yeah, and it's yeah. a walk on his first action really in, in a game. Tough to turn down. Um, but awesome performance. I just want to give a shout out to my Bobcats and see what your opinion was on yeah, I think if I, that's. If that's a fair move in in either way. It's just weird. It's a weird reaction. Like, I get it that you're losing and you're upset, but to put your starters back in, to prove what, that's the thing. What are you proving? What are you, what is the point that you're making? Okay, I'm mad that you put in your, res- what, I don't, yeah. I just fundamentally don't understand And the it. thing, and, the, and um, like, I don't know if Saul would have called that timeout himself, but literally a player on the floor called that timeout. Yeah. So his, it all could have just, so his teammates, his walk-on teammates yeah, could get in. that's a good teammate move. All right, I'm out. Go so ahead. So shout out to the Bobcats. They have a huge game yeah. against Screw Xavier. Um, Xavier, Ohio on Wednesday. Um, Thundering herd. And then they play Radford on Saturday, which Radford, another huge win. Uh, Radford Highlanders, shout out Scott Mazzell. Shout out James Jordan. Shout out Cam Brown. Um, beat Texas. So they have wins over Texas and Notre Dame, Radford Highlanders. And then uh, they played James Madison, my hometown, and Ohio Bobcats Saturday. So the they've, got, they've got the real gauntlet of their schedule coming up next. The real yep. meat of it. So um, without further ado, uh, welcome on a longtime friend of ours um, and a, 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 a future head coach, uh, former three-point flamethrower, former record holder, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Tommy Freeman. Okay, we are now joined by Tommy Freeman, the Hargrave men's basketball assistant coach, amongst a, m- a lot of other titles that uh, we go back a long way, Tommy. Um, we've cleaned up your sweat, we've washed your clothes, we've filled your water bottle, we've rebounded for you, and now you're on the pod, baby. This is full circle, I think. 
it's all much appreciated and, and <laughs> definitely still good being in contact with you guys um yeah so for those uh who don't know tommy freeman is a um is six, are, are we gonna give you six five uh with shoes on yeah we'll go six five shoes six, on five. he's six five uh he's got an absolute ratchet from uh muncie indiana i don't know how ball state didn't uh keep you in town but he ended up uh timmy o'shea huh who was the main recruiter that got you to ou was it timmy or was it like bakari uh john rose was actually ah, my main uh my john main rose. recruiter and uh, him and i still stay in contact that's awesome so john rose got you to athens once you get to athens uh for people who haven't been there it's it's not a hard sell uh, it's quite easy actually um so you, you can't keep your dad out of it i saw your dad at the game the other day <laughs> your dad's still still around athens i love it uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so Tommy comes to OU. We were the same year, right? I was. You were. We were both freshmen together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's o- right. yeah, oh seven. Play a year with Timmy O'Shea, and then in comes John Gross. What was the? What's the main difference between O'Shea and Coach Gross? Would you say in their coaching styles? Um, I'd just say you know, Coach Gross uh, being his first head job, he was just really um, hands on. Really wanted to be a part of everything. Um, and just really energetic, um, you know, so I think in playing for Coach O'Shea for a year, the assistants, um, you know, the assistants had a lot of responsibilities with Coach O'Shea and, um, you know, like I said, Coach Gross wanted to be hands-on, not that the assistants didn't have, um, stuff to do because, you know, I know he was, he was putting those guys to work, but, uh, I think Coach Gross just really wanted to be hands on with everything, and, and he was excited, obviously, for the for the opportunity to be a head coach finally. And um, you know that show that he coaches and um, the charisma and energy he brings when he's on the sideline. No, no doubt, no doubt. And I think, I mean, both of us in, in this room recognize that. I mean, I don't know if there's there's too many guys that are as wired twenty four seven as John Gross. I mean, that's for sure. And and. I mean, for I you, I still know his coffee order. Yeah, we. I was. A <laughs> man loves loves some 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 absolute some Starbucks. But um, for you now, I mean, adjusting to to being a coach, obviously spending a couple years as a GA for Saul Phillips at Ohio, and now coaching at Hargrave. What's been the hardest or biggest adjustment for you to being from being a player to now being a coach that you've you've experienced? Well, I mean, you have, um, obviously, being a player, you, um, you know, you think things kind of get done on their own and, and don't really think about it um, sometimes. And, and obviously, um, you know, I was I was in tune with with the things that, that the managers did while you're at practice and um, you see them wiping up the sweat and, you know, bringing laundry in and stuff like that. But, um, you know, all the stuff behind the scenes is, um, stuff you kind of take for granted so going from being a player and, and having everything kind of uh, ready for you when you get to practice um, now you're the one that that's getting stuff ready and you know you're your class checking guys you're making sure they're um, where they're supposed to be you're getting scouts ready you're doing film um, and all, all that stuff so uh, it's just you know there's a lot of um, behind the scenes things that go on with um, you know with GAs and, and with assistants and 
um, they're doing their thing and, and then, you know, they're kind of in charge of the managers as well. So it really does take an army of people to, to help run a program. And, um, you know, just, just that adjustment for me, um, to be, to be basically, you know, the one that's, that's benefiting from all that hard work behind the scenes to, to the one partly in charge of it that was uh that was a really big adjustment yeah we'll talk about how you're the uh website content uh manager as well and how it's out of date and you need to get on get your shit together but before we get to that um you know after your ou career you went overseas and and played for a couple years um definitely want to have you talk about the teams that you played on but what what would be the one thing that um people do not tell you about playing overseas what what or maybe just a something that you thought was going to be the case and it wasn't like what what's the biggest difference between uh, your expectation and reality of playing overseas well first of all i mean you know as a player it's it's kind of all of our dreams to to make it to the nba to to you know play for the team you grew up watching and um so as i in ohio i just kind of came to the realization that that there is a lot of opportunities um out there to continue playing and um i knew my path definitely wasn't going to the nba so um that was the first thing that that really uh i was i had my eyes open to um but then you know i was really blessed in that in the sense that uh, i got some great opportunities um, through the agent I worked with and um, had the chance to go over to England and, and had a great season over there and, and met some really good guys uh, as far as my teammates. And then, um, you know, you, you hear all these horror stories about guys not getting paid or, or being in bad situations. And, and I just really, in my three years, didn't experience that at all. Um, I was lucky to, to be on some really good teams, um, have great teammates, both foreign and American and um, you know just really enjoyed my time being over there and playing over there and, and getting to continue my basketball career no definitely and I know obviously for for those that aren't familiar with your story I know you left Ohio and this was my freshman year and Paul senior year as the all-time Mac all not just the school all-time but Mac all-time three-point leader um, I, I know there are a couple Shout Nick Kellogg um, might have eclipsed you on that one, but left as absolute most lethal uh, sh- three point shooter in in uh, in history um, within the conference. But now being at Hargrave and and with what you guys are doing, I mean, how how has that experience been for you? Just in terms of obviously sharing your knowledge with kids that aren't even at the college level yet that are are being recruited by a, a ton of schools. Um, and obviously being also in a different type of environment with it being a military school, what has that um, experience been like for you so far in the past few months at, at Hargrave? Um, you know, it's been it's been great. Um, I really love it. I really like uh, the kids that are that are here. Um, and, you know, you said it, they, they're, they come in and they are just really working their tails off to try and get scholarships. Um, you know, we got three kids signed right now that, that signed in the early period. But other than that, um, you know, we got a, we got another 12 guys on our roster that, that are just, you know, out there every day trying to get better. And, um, you know, that's really the part in college that, that, you know, I've, I've kind of missed, um, is seeing, you know, kids that are, that are still trying to, to, um, get, 
to live their dream and, and get that college scholarship. So, um, you know, seeing the way these guys come come into the gym every day and, and um, you know, put their practice gear on and just work uh, with the idea that, that hopefully they'll get seen um, by someone, uh, you know, in, in one of our games. So, you know, it's, it's been refreshing to see that and um, just kind of reminds me of, you know, myself at a younger age and, and um, you know, having that dream that, going to go out and compete and and see what happens and um you know getting to help those kids along the way is uh it's a pretty good feeling have you i I remember my first year that i i was an assistant and i got to go out on the road um recruiting and you know it's it's a little different because you're at a prep school but the, the question will you know remain the same you know all i could do is identify high major talent that's all I could do. I didn't know anything else. I just saw a really good player and was like, oh, my God, this kid's a beast. And then I would look in the book and it'd be like, yeah, he's committed to Louisville, you idiot. No wonder he's a beast. So it was very hard for me to be like, crap, I have to find a low major D1 guy or like a fringe D2 kid who like by his junior year could be really good. Have you struggled at all with like whether it be players on your team or players you play against when you see where they're getting recruited and it could be one way or the other. It could be like, how the hell is that kid going to UConn or how is this kid committed to Morgan State? Why isn't this kid going high major? Like, have you struggled with that at all? Um, Yeah, I mean, initially, I I definitely did just kind of having that eye for a kid that, you know, would be a a mid-major kid when I was... um, you know, when I was at Ohio or, um, you know, before I really, really got experience doing it. Um, the first time I went out on the road, I mean, I was, I was just looking at, at the best kid in the gym and saying, man, we should, we should go after him. But, you know, the thing was, was that's what those high major schools were doing as well. Um, so, you know, it, it took me a little bit to, to be able to, um, look at the intangibles that, that kids have that, that might be a good fit. Um, and maybe they, they aren't getting looked at by those high major schools. So, um, it definitely took, took me, a, a few times going out on the road and, and, um, going to some different tournaments to, to be able to see kids and, and see the things that, um, to be able to see them and, and realize that, okay, this is what a, this is what a high major kid looks like. Um, this is what a, you know, a mid, a mid major kid looks like. And, and then being able to find kids that, that fit the system and, and, uh, our kids that possibly we can get involved with. So yeah, it, it definitely took me, uh, took me a little bit to get used to that. But, um, you know, I, I like to think that, that I'm decent at it now, but, um, you know, it, recruiting's always, a it's always one of those things that, um, it's, it's never going to be a perfect science, but at the end of the day, you got to try to find kids that, that you believe in and, and that you want to work with and, and, uh, try to get better. No, no doubt. I think you summed it up perfectly. And one thing I will, I will give you credit for, and I, and I, I think it, it definitely it was ended up being your junior year and it paid off. But the one thing I remember coming in, just even as a freshman manager, um, you came, your senior year and you, Devon Washington, and, and the one thing is your process, and I know, and your, I mean, obviously you're, to be a good three-point shooter, I mean, you, you, Every single day, I know mean, you're putting the work in. You're sticking to the process. You're you're basically cons- keeping that consistency across the board. And I think I, I would hope, or and would imagine, one of your biggest moments from paying off 
was 2009, um, and I, I, I'm going to tell all of our listeners to pull up this video, as Paul and I did before calling you, um, <laughs> but Ohio-Miami in the Convocation Center towards the end of the season, um, clock's ticking down, what, down two? Was that, was that the scenario? Uh, no, we were, up, uh, yeah, up. Yeah, we were up one, then they score, so we're down one, and then we come down with the ball. And to paint the picture, Tommy Freeman with the perfect uh, perfect pump fake, one dribble pull, absolutely buries a huge three, and then gives one of the uh, oh. one of the more interesting <laughs> celebrations um, so that I can only characterize as a mini backwards jump rope um, little bunny hop. But the question is, and this is one of the last one we'll leave you with, if you could redo that celebration, yeah, what are you doing? What are are you changing at all? Or are you sticking with the uh, the, the the mini bounce? That's uh, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been asked a lot about that celebration actually, and uh, you know it was just something that that I kind of didn't know what to do in the, in the moment, and um, so so I just went with it, and uh, <laughs> you know. It, it worked out for me, I think, and and I'll take some heat over it. But um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I was just, you know, obviously ecstatic in that in that moment that that I could, uh, you know, bring us to a win. That was a huge point in our season. And, huge. Um, being being part of that red brick rivalry and um, yeah, just that moment, <laughs> kind of what we did, what we did after that, um, the rest of the season. I mean. Um, like Man. I said, I'll take some crap for that, but um, I'll trade. I'll trade places with you. Yeah, <laughs> if I get gotcha. to hit that shot, I'll have an awkward. I'll have an awkward uh, celebration for sure. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, absolutely, absolutely appreciate you coming on, Tommy. I mean, like I said, we obviously have been friends with you for a while, but um, for those that don't, absolute Ohio and and Mac legend and um, really has a a really big future here coming in in, in coaching and. Really excited for what you've been doing already this season with Hargrave. I got the chance to see you guys up um, in in, uh, in New Haven. Um, and you've got a lot of talent there, and, and you're, you're heading the right direction. So appreciate you coming on the pod here, and we'll, we'll definitely try and get you on later as well. But good luck um, the rest of the way here heading into the holidays, and uh, we'll, we'll be following along with you. I appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate you having me on, and best of luck the, the rest of the way. Appreciate awesome, it, Awesome, man. Have Talk a good one, man. See you. See you, Tommy. Big shout-out to T-Free for three, a.k.a. Tommy Freeman, a.k.a. Tommy Ball Games, uh, for coming on the pod. Really appreciate it. Good luck to Hargrave the rest of the way. We'll be uh, keeping track of you guys. Um, that was fun. That was our first, what, first OU player on the pod, no? First OU player. We've had nice. former coaches. Had former coaches. Um, first OU player on the pod. First. Um, uh, but super cool. we got a big game Sunday. Really Top big game Sunday. Top 10 matchup. Um, obviously, we touched on Nevada and uh, – um, Arizona State on Friday, um, but Sunday, um, Tennessee, one of my final four picks, and Gonzaga, one of my other final four picks, squaring off. I think it's number seven is Tennessee, number one. Um, going to be an absolute battle because Tennessee has some dogs. Um, Gonzaga's got size, got Rui. Um, it's gonna be that's gonna be a really good game. I know everyone obviously hyped up Gonzaga Duke, but this has a chance to be uh, pretty close to that. You I mean, picking an upset or you got Gonzaga? I got Gonzaga. Where's the game? That's the question. Me. Um, Very good if question. the game is, uh, I have I'm Gonzaga either way. Let's I see. can't see Gonzaga um, playing at Tennessee. It is. 
in Phoenix, Arizona at Talking Stick <clears throat> Resort Arena, um, home of the Phoenix Suns. So um, okay. I'm going to go. I'll go Gonzaga. Yeah, we both will. Um, smart. And uh, and the other than that, Virginia VCU, rivalry renewed. Um, we'll kick them right in the dirt. And uh, we'll, we'll move on from there. That's probably going to come back to haunt me. It's going to be like a sound bite. Yeah. But um, until then, check us out on social. Instagram is... Greenlight Pod. No, no. Greenlight Pod 1? One? 1, yes. The Greenlight Pod 1 at, is Greenlight Pod. The Greenlight Pod. We Green, can't. We don't even remember. All right. So just, if you search the Greenlight Pod, follow us, um, share us, throw us some, uh, some interview ideas. We've got some other guys lined up here for you soon. That should be really, really, really fun. Um, and uh, until then. Keep the ball bouncing. Deuces. Lately I've been feeling like this what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poking a cup. Pull, slush, rustles up next and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.